This is Walks of Life by In the Know and Some Friends. Hi, my name is My name is Hi, hello, good afternoon. I'm 16 and I am from Queens. Where I am right now actually is in the upper part of Central Park. Central Park obviously is in Manhattan. Where I live and where I've grown up, where I've spent most of my time, I would say, was in Queens. Queens is a very fun, very nice place to live and I wouldn't want to live somewhere else. That being said, no other part of New York City quite matches the feeling of Manhattan. Growing up in New York City, I was sort of aware of the differences of my environment versus some other place. For example, I remember on TV, kids would be like playing with the kids on their block neighborhood. I didn't really have any kids on my block. The sort of environment created by, I guess, smaller towns, smaller areas, that, that was somewhat foreign to me. The friends that I had, the friends that I knew, were friends either I had made through school or through some sort of shared activity. The people that I knew, the people that I was friends with, the people that I interacted with were always changing. You know, as schools changed and whatnot, getting older, there was little consistency in that. And I guess that, in a way, mirrors the kind of, I guess, lifestyle of New York City, at least comparing it to, I guess, a more slow-paced area. But really, Queens and Manhattan were honestly two separate worlds. To give a good example, I live close to this field like in new york city there are a lot of fields but i live like right next to one of them and because of that i growing up and even now big baseball fan i remember i would go there often sometimes with friends i would go around and if you're there in the middle of the day someone's gonna be playing a fucking game whatever but if you're there at night if you're there during the the late hours the off peak hours if you will you're gonna see some some strange individuals and as a child even though i didn't really you know go around that much i didn't you know go places outside of queens mainly at least on my own that sort of gave me a glimpse into what new york city was like and i know people who live in new york city obviously and the contrast is very interesting the contrast between the typical quote-unquote high school experience in america and the new york city experience my school it's a small school right physically small as most schools in New York City are. There's no football field for the homecoming dance or the parade, no this, no that, no. It's a very small area. Now, some may look upon this with a sense of loss, that they're missing out on the experience of, oh, this is what high school is like, oh, I had the big day. I honestly don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's like. And in some ways, I long for that. In some ways, I wish I could experience that. But at the same time, I feel that it's much more legitimate in that I've seen hundreds of schools in hundreds of towns and hundreds of cities all across the country with the same fucking homecoming dance and the same football team and the same marching band and the same, you know, graduation hoodies. We have that, but that, this the same ritual, same this, same that. And then it seems so void of meaning. It seems so contrived. And this could just be me, but it just seems so pointless. Why? Why? Honestly, ever since I really started going around the city, when I say the city, I mean New York City as a whole, five boroughs. Ever since I really started going around those boroughs and, you know, traveling outside of 
where I am in Queens, what I've appreciated from the beginning and even now, obviously, is the stories that you pick up and the sort of, I don't even know if I want to say adventures, but the experiences and just the randomness of it and how it's just so unpredictable. That's what I've always loved and that you can just go out and do fucking literally absolutely nothing one day and you have an amazing story to talk about or you have something wild that happened to you. That's what I so much enjoy. That's what I really appreciate. Um, that, I, I think a lot of it is because of the, the way the population is set up and how you have so many people, millions of people living in this tiny fucking space. You know, you're bound to have something fun happen. And I think that that in some ways has shaped the person that I am. If that makes sense, that shaped my hobbies, my interests, certainly my environment, both the people and just the area itself. I remember when I was little, the only time that I would really go to Manhattan was either if we were passing through, like to go to some other place, my family, right? During Christmas time, we might go to like a show on Broadway or something, maybe see the Rockefeller Street. It was always very, I guess, glamorous to me when I was younger. Because it was what Queens wasn't. It was vibrant, it was exciting, it was new, it was fresh, it was an environment that I wasn't in very often. And also because if you're outside of New York City and somebody says, oh, do you know New York City? They're talking about Manhattan, they're talking about the Empire State Building, the World Trade Center, you know, Statue of Liberty. Manhattan is what a lot of people view, and at least what I really viewed then, the center of New York City. So for me going there, as, at least as a child, I was enamored. Um, during COVID, before 2020, I would go out, I would do things with friends, but it was much more of a scattered, one-off thing. You know, it was, it was, I would say, more few and far between, especially because I was a lot younger prior to that. But following the pushback to going outside to do social interacting in general, I was drawn to Manhattan because it was just an easy place where you could meet up with somebody and you could do something, you could find something to do. And that's really how I ended up going to Manhattan for the first time by myself. What really never really set in until I was there was just what made Manhattan so visibly different of an environment. My experience in Queens, it wasn't a sheltered experience, but Queens and Manhattan, it was night and day, honestly. And the first time I took the subway, that was really apparent to me. Like, taking the subway alone was such, like, a significant experience for me. I was, like, nervous. I, I was honestly very clamped. Just a mix of emotions of, you know, fear, of wonder, of all that just coming over me. It just felt like such a mundane task was so significant then. The R trains have a very sleek design, at least when I was getting on them, a very, you know, new sleek design. But the N and W trains had this more old, I guess, rustic look to them with, like, wooden panels inside the car. And I was getting in it. Inside, the car was filled with cigarette smoke and it was dimly lit and it looked like it was from 1987. I was just like, wow, you know, I sit down and when I was younger in Manhattan, I never really saw at least much of this, but there was someone walking across the cars, like they would walk from car to car asking for money. And I, when I saw this, I was like almost shocked. Like, oh, like, I mean, I, I knew that was the thing. I knew people did that in New York City. I, I was aware of that, but it was what I would call a culture shock to say the least. In a way, that... I don't know if that took away from or added to the novelty of New York City and Manhattan because on one hand it's like, wow, New York City, wow, all this, all these wonderful things that has a much darker side to it in a way. And this, you're not going to see this in Queens, at least not as often, but the first few times being on the subway alone were really, I guess, significant for me. And 
there were a few what I would call definitive moments in which I saw things or I experienced things or was a part of things that really changed my outlook and changed my person on how I felt about myself, my environment, and how how I guess relaxed I should feel in an environment such as New York City. Should be like, oh, this is nice, this is fun, this is cool, or you should be a little more concerned about things around you. And the first one I had was um, I went to Penn Station, and this this wasn't very late in the day. I mean, it was later in the evening, but it wasn't a very sketchy time, I guess. I, I wasn't putting my guard up or anything, but I was going down the escalator into the station, and I can picture it in my head right now. There were these two escalators, one going upward, one going downward. A long, almost single-fire line going downward, and the upward escalator, nobody, empty. But I could see there was a man there. He had collapsed. I believe he was intoxicated, obviously, but, I mean, his eyes, he had, like, these... I wouldn't say bloodshot eyes, but his eyes were just wide open. He was staring, but there were... it did. He didn't appear to be conscious. There was vomit around his mouth, his clothing, the escalator, and there's his face. And this man's face was right next to where the escalator, where the ending of the escalator, you know, inches from where his face I thought was like gonna get trapped inside of it. And he looked almost. I mean, he was he was alive, but he looked almost lifeless. And just walking in and, and just seeing that, like, oh, in the middle of your day. At least then it was like, oh, holy shit! Like I, I was, I was surprised by that. And it was like, wow, this sure isn't fucking Queens. You're not seeing this every day. But I was at Pride down in Greenwich Village. I didn't know what to expect going in. But I remember it was like one large just block party or something. Just in the middle of the street, people jumping up and down. People with fans, with speakers, playing music. An environment of of such euphoria, of such celebration. This was almost like, for me, the pinnacle of all that I had experienced in Manhattan, this unbelievable sense of just such a welcoming, yet broad, expansive environment, and it was just so, that was just such a, an incredible place to be. And so I was like, oh wow, that's that was fun, I'm gonna go take the one train. And I took it uptown, and I was there, I'm walking around, doing whatever, doing this, doing that, there was a park in the shape of a triangle. I thought, I'll go there, I'll sit down. And there were th- this group of older guys talking, they like, you know, they appeared that they knew each other, um, right? Talking amongst themselves. And I was going, I, I sit down on the park bench and I see to the right of me, there were these two officers. And I asked the guys next to me, they were talking, what happened? Because I see the two of them talking to these two guys. There appears to be some kind of conflict going on there. And I was told that the two men there were smoking crack and urinating and the cops came over and I told them to stop and they didn't stop and I was like okay can't do anything but one of the guys started urinating and I was hey you can't do that here and um apparently while one of these men was in the middle of urinating the like the cop was like hey stop you can't do that here and he was like let me finish or something something comedic but I could hear them and you know the voice was getting louder getting louder like what's going on and I look and the guy's like it looked like he was grabbing the metal fence or something and one of the um officers was like don't do it don't do it bro and he fucking whips out his taste i'm like oh shit in my mind i'm like oh shit what's gonna happen and i i believe he may have still been urinating i i couldn't get a good look i was like don't do it don't do it bro don't do it waits a few seconds boom he fucking tases him you could hear like the the shock of it it hit him 
and there was no like screaming, there was no ah, he just fucking dropped. You could hear his body hit that. You could hear him hit the floor, and he's he's still you know conscious and all that, but he just his muscles just fucking gave out and hit the floor, and for me then that was like oh shit, this is. I'm I'm like wow, that is, I I had never seen someone get tased or shot. My my attention was was just wholly captivated by that, and I was like I was I was shocked by it, no pun intended. And the line between I guess myself and danger in a, in a more broad sense, and like oh wow, shit can happen. Like that that was sort of, and like I guess the bubble that I may have had in my own mind of, oh, wow, New York, okay, you know, bad things happen, but they can happen to you. Not not really, but, you know, people think that, um, I guess that, that mindset somewhat deteriorated when I saw that happen at that age, in that environment. That was very much like, oh, shit, it's getting real. Um, there were many more experiences like that, and I, I mentioned Washington Square Park earlier. I want to bring that up as something that really changed my viewpoint on a lot of things. Because I remember going in there for the first time and seeing people all around, seeing you know musicians with instruments playing things, you know people uh, busking, um, people doing dances, selling artwork. And this was less common then, it's more common now. But people selling like um, drugs and edibles, Not, nothing like, hey kids, who wants to buy? Not like a just say no 19, like, like a Nancy Reagan PSA would sell you drugs. But, but for me that was surprising, like wow, people are just fucking selling weed just out in the open. That was somewhat shocking to me more than it is now. But for me, I had seen, I guess... I, I knew what drugs were. I wasn't a stranger to, to their existence. And the, but then again, at that point, the only real interaction I've had with them was that I've seen people who are impacted by them on the street, like like people who are clearly under the influence of some, of some drug. I had seen things like that before, but I'd never seen it like, oh, someone's selling them. I'm clo-, you know, I was almost shocked by that when I was first going to Manhattan. And now, a year later... I don't know. It's just interesting to see how I went from, oh, that's strange, to much more unfazed, much more, okay, cool, you know, like, but that was really something that is a testament to how my perspective and how, I guess, my individual has changed. I would say a good part of that is because I was alone, because even though before I wasn't sheltered or anything, because now you're alone, you're up close, you're here, the metaphoric shield behind all of this has been removed. There's no barrier between you and everything else in the city. There's no, there's nothing protecting you, nothing holding you back. You're there. You're alone. That, I guess, was very impactful for me that, wow, my my decisions now in an environment like this have much more weight if you're a kid and you're, you know, with your parents or something and you're doing something um, dangerous or acting in a non-mindful manner. That's okay. You're oblivious to it, and you can be oblivious to it because you have parents. You have people that can protect you. And for me in Manhattan, that's something I never really considered before. You know, I'd always be like, okay, we're here, we're there. Okay, okay. And now I'm seeing people, you know, passed out um, next to an escalator. I'm like, maybe I should be taking some more steps to ensure my own safety because shit can happen to you. Wow. But a lot of those events were really, I guess, important in getting myself adjusted to that mindset and being able to, you know, go somewhere and look out for myself, both in a manner of safety and in a manner of just personal development. Now that you're out here independent, that, I guess, the danger aspect is one part of it, but 
it's one thing to be somewhere in an environment that's so stimulative, that's so you know, expansive with somebody, with, with friends, with um, family, with whoever. But those experiences really stuck with me because no one else has ideas or actions that are really directly influencing you. It's all up to you and you're able to sort of just go out there and see all these different kinds of people, see all these different kinds of places, these different environments. You can see what you like, what you don't like, where you're comfortable, where you're not comfortable. You know, you can explore, you can do all these things. And that is really what I've enjoyed so much about growing up in New York City. And I love the sense of camaraderie that unites the people of New York, you know. When you're on the subway and somebody's screaming violently, you don't look up. And it's a common thing. You don't look up. You don't say anything. You all know what to do. You all know to look down, keep to yourselves. It's understood. It's not said, but it's understood. And that's what I like. I like the connection that the environment creates with everyone within it. I, I really enjoy that. Obviously, a community environment can be created anywhere in the world, really. But New York City, specifically because of how many people there are, has that in such a unique sense of the word. And it's just such a, it's an experience. I'll say that. It's an experience. And so is life. And that's what I like. It's not, you know, it's not sheltered. It's not contrived. It's real life in such a brass tack sense of the phrase. And I'm honestly glad that I started going to the city when I did. Because if I were younger and I would have gone to the city frequently, this wouldn't be anything new. This wouldn't be shocking. This would be, you know, how things are. But because I started going at such a guess, uh, developmental age in terms of individuality and personality, I guess, it was able to have a much greater impact on me as an individual. Um, and the subway, what I really enjoy about it is you can get from some remote place somewhere else that I took advantage of a lot last year. I still do. Like, oh, you're bored? Go to an art museum. Go get lost in Central Park. Go have that, that, that freedom to explore, to learn. Go learn what it's like to look out for yourself, to be your own person, to really be in control of who you are, in a sense, and who you become. I feel that that ability has been afforded to me because of the environment more so than it would in, like, I guess, a more rural area. You know, being here in New York City, in Manhattan, has really done that for me, and I'm incredibly grateful, thankful for it. A year and a half ago, this was all, oh, Manhattan, nice, but now I can't imagine it any other way. I genuinely can't. Being here right now, a solid year and then some removed from when I was first going here, I'm really glad that I'm able to, I guess, look back on all that's changed and how I've become much more open to certain things and how I've learned so much about myself, you know, my individual, my personality, and how I've grown as a product of that. And I've, I've really grateful this environment and how it was able to foster that growth in a great sense and that's what I love about New York City it's an amazing place to live and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else Walks of Life is produced by In The Know Some Friends and Salt it was created by Kareem Rama. Executive producers for In The Know are Alexander Hughes and Jordan Walker. Senior producer for In The Know is Alexandra Katsalis. Executive producers for Some Friends are Kareem Rama, Andrew Kuo, Kehlani Esparza, and Eamon Ismail. 
Original audio production, music, and sound design by Salt. Executive producers for Salt are Noah Gersh, Jamie Sheffman, Nick Panama, and Kenzie Wilbur. Salt head of production, Liz LeMay. Salt head of engineering, Jordan Galvin. Salt head of post-production, Robert Adler. Edited and mixed by Parisa Kazemi. Sound design and additional audio editing by Noah Kowalski. Original music and composition by Jasper Van Dyke, courtesy of Extreme Music. <laughs>